And good morning, church. Hey, it's good to see you. Where'd the sunshine go? Wow. Man, we Californians like our sunshine. But anyway, great to have you all here. And uh, may God bless you for coming to worship his name this morning. As we get started, like always, find your uh, message outline on the backside of your flyer. And if you have a basket of pins on your aisle, uh, make sure that goes down your row so those in your row can have something to write with, maybe take some notes with this morning. But it's so good uh, to see each one of you. Today, I get to kick off our new five-part series that we're calling Uncomfortable. And in this series, we're going to look at five different things that make us extremely uncomfortable, even as Christians. And, you know, our culture uh, is basically a culture that likes to be comfortable. You like to be comfortable? (laughs) We like our comfort, no matter what it is. And maybe comfort to you is starting off the day in some kind of warm blanket with a hot cup of coffee. Anybody there? Okay. That's, how, that's comfort to you. Uh, maybe comfort to you is going on a vacation and starting the day with God and some hot coffee with the view of a beautiful calm lake. Anybody there? Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Maybe comfort to you is coming home and ending the day soaking in the spa. That's me. Amen. Oh, man. Let's do that today. Uh, Maybe comfort to you is heading to In-N-Out for lunch after church. Amen. (laughs) That's a good thing to do. Maybe comfort to you is a peppermint mocha frappuccino most every day of the week. And that's me. (laughs) Love those frappuccinos. Yeah. We are a culture that loves those things that bring comfort into our lives. But the truth is, if something is uncomfortable, we usually run from it. We usually stay away from it. But sometimes God allows us to experience some uncomfortable things. Sometimes God allows us to even suffer that we might grow closer to him. George Barna asked this question in a poll years ago. If you could ask God just one question, what would that question be? What would you ask? Top response was this, why is so much pain and suffering in the world? You see, pain and suffering and why God allows it to happen to even dedicated Christ followers, those of us who love him, who know him, who follow him, to even dedicated Christ followers, that makes us really uncomfortable. And yet I can't think of anything else more common to all people than pain and suffering. I've been to many different places in the world, and many of you have too, and you've seen people from all different walks of life, and one thing is common. There's pain and there's suffering. And because of that, many people point to that as their reason for not believing in God. Some say, I mean, if God is so all-powerful, if God is so loving, if he's such a good, good father then why does he allow so much pain and so much suffering? Why does he allow me to not be delivered from my pain and suffering? Why does he stand by and watch and seemingly do nothing while I suffer? And how does God take our loved ones before we are ready to let them go? If he's so good and so all-loving... 
why does God allow those things to happen? Well, you need to know that those questions are not new questions. They're questions that every person who's ever lived has asked. King David asked God, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? That's David's question. That's how he felt. Habakkuk asked God, O Lord, how long shall I cry? Listen, he's crying. How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Seems, God, like you're not listening. The bottom line is this. Trusting God when you're hurting, trusting God when you don't know why he doesn't seem to be coming to your aid, trusting God when you don't know why he seems to be allowing you to suffer, Trusting God when you don't know how in the world you can survive your situation. Trusting God when you don't know how in the world you can get by. That's way uncomfortable. Way uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter what comes and causes you to suffer, you can trust God to care for you. You can trust him to even carry you through everything that comes and hits you, through every one of those hard times in life. But for you to come to a place where you do trust in God, when hard times hit you, you need to first understand some things. So write this down this morning. First, you can trust God when you really understand that Satan is designing your hard times. You need to understand that God is not designing your hard times. Satan is doing that. First, Satan inspired evil to be unleashed. It's order to understand us. We need to go back to the first book in the Bible, Genesis. And in Genesis, God the Father said this, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit said, let's make man in our image. So God created Adam and Eve in his image. And so God gave them the ability to make choices like God has the ability to make choices. Then God gave them some parameters to follow. He told them what they could do. He told them what they could not do. Take a look at this. You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge and good of, of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, as you all know, they then use their ability to choose. And they chose to do what Satan inspired them in the garden to do. To go ahead and eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of what God told them to do. At that moment, evil was unleashed. From that moment on, evil entered the world because of their sinful choice. Evil things like this. Satan inspired, write this down, the evil of disease and death. So before Adam and Eve made their choice to rebel against God, there was no earthquakes, there were no hurricanes, there was no sickness, there was no death, there was no natural disaster, there was no disease, none of that. But when they chose to rebel against God and made their sinful choice, all of creation was then from that point on cursed. Genetic disorders came about. Natural disease, multiple diseases were unleashed by Satan to do their work of destruction. So pain and death became a part of the human experience. 
Listen to what God said. After their choice, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Their sinful choice resulted in alienation from God and the disruption of nature. Because of their sin, every person on our planet has experienced suffering. And today, Satan continues to inspire evil. He's still at it. He's still doing it. Many bad things that are happening today are the very direct result of Satan inspiring his destructive designs. Satan's designing and inspiring all of the hatred in our world, all of the oppression in our world, all of the bad choices that are making people, all the oppression and and war, all of those things. He's designing and inspiring all people today, just like he did with Adam and Eve, to make bad choices. The Bible says this about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You can trust God when you understand that Satan is designing your hard times, not God. How many times have you said, God, why are you doing this to me? It's not God. It comes from the evil one himself. Second, you can trust God when you begin to understand that God is bringing good even from your hard times. The Bible says this, we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him. Folks, God wants you to experience a good life. God is for you. He's working for you even as you endure your hard times that Satan throws at you. God is not against you. He is for you. He's working to bring good to you, not bad to you. When hard times hit you, God uses them to do some things. First of all, to stretch you. If you always get what you want, if you always just cruise through life with no crises, you're probably going to just stay the same and your character will never grow, it will never change, it will never get better. The Bible says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And look at this, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking or needing nothing. Folks, God does not bring hard times to you, but God uses hard times to stretch you, to help you be better, to help you grow. Next, when hard times hit you, God uses them to not only stretch you, but also to equip you. When your hard times hit you and you keep faithfully following following God, you don't quit on God, you don't get angry with God, you don't run from God. When they hit you and you faithfully follow God, you will experiencing, begin experiencing God carrying you and comforting you, even in the midst of your hard times. And once you've experienced his care and his comfort, you're going to be better equipped to comfort others who go through hard times. The Bible says this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of of compassion and the God 
of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can, look at this, comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So God uses our hard times to to stretch you and to equip you then to comfort others. But then he goes on. And when hard times hit you, God uses them to also teach you. God may use the hard times that you're going through to teach you something that he can't get through to you any other way. Anybody want to confess this morning? Anybody ever been hard-headed? Oh, come on. There's more of you than that, I know. You've been hard-headed. And God's trying to get through to you, but you just keep doing the same old thing. And so he's trying to get through to you. The Bible says he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness for the moment. All discipline seems painful, yes, rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, rightness with God to those who've been trained by it. So he doesn't bring the bad, but he uses that hard stuff and lets it maybe linger in it longer than we want to linger in it so that we can get it, so that we can learn. When God wants to teach you something that you need to learn for your own good, he will allow you to to linger in your suffering until you surrender to him, until you get it. Parents, have you ever let your kids stay in a timeout a long time? (laughs) They're crying their eyes out, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. You know, and they're they're throwing a tantrum and you've got them sitting there in a timeout, but you let them linger there for a long time until they finally get it, until they say, I'm sorry, until they surrender, until they tell you back what they did wrong, right? Sometimes God lets us linger in those hard times because we're hard-headed and he wants us to get it for our own good. When hard times hit you, then God uses them to also reach you God uses those hard times to get our attention, to wake us up, to help us look up to him and to help us choose what's right. The Bible says, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Sometimes God allows our hard times to linger because he knows that pain gets our attention and causes us to look up to him for help, to repent of our sin, to turn back to him to confess our sin and clean up our lives and follow him. Sometimes God allows hard times to linger because he simply loves us so much. And he longs for us to turn back to him and follow him and make him first place in our lives. He wants a relationship not only with us now, but he wants a relationship with us for all eternity in heaven. Amen? So he lets some things linger from time to time. So God uses hard times to stretch you, equip you, teach you, and reach you. And one of the greatest examples of how God did that, of pain and suffering in the Bible, is in the life of a man called Job. Now get this, on one day, one single day, his oxen and donkeys were stolen and his servants were killed. His sheep were destroyed by fire and his servants killed. And then his camels were stolen And his servants killed. And then the worst of all, same day. All of this is happening, same day. His house is blown down and his ten children killed. Hard time? (laughs) We think we've had hard times. He lost everything he'd ever built. He lost all of his possessions. 
And not just one loss of a family member, 10 children killed all at once, same day. Hard times. And after that day, Job's trust in God did waver. He mourned like all of us would mourn. He protested. He questioned God. He even cursed the day that he was born. But one thing else he did. Job continued to trust and follow God in spite of it all. God then blessed him for doing that and eventually removed pain from his life. The main point of the book of Job is that life is unfair and hard times do come from the evil one. And so the question really is not, where is God when my hard times hit? The question we need to ask ourselves is this, where am I when hard times hit? Am I in the place of complete trust in God? Do I trust God's plan for my life no matter what comes, no matter what hits? So the big question this morning is this, are you in a place where you are trusting God in all things at all times? No matter what comes, no matter what hits, are you going to trust God and keep following Him? Or is that the thing or the time when you're going to get mad and you're going to run? Or will you keep trusting Him and following His plan? Most of you know my recent story, my recent hard time with the passing of my Shirley. Best friend, wife, 44 and almost a half years Toughest thing I've ever had to go through. And I want you to know, though, that when Shirley began to lose her battle with cancer, that both of us, even in the last seconds of her life, trusted God's plan. We trusted God's plan. And still today, I trust God's plan for me. Now, I want you to know, God doesn't ask me to like His plan, (laughs) and I don't. He doesn't ask me to like his plan, but just to trust his plan because he knows all, he sees all. And he's got a plan, not only for Shirley, but for me. And so God doesn't ask me to like the fact that I now have to clean charred, charred pans because I cooked the carne asada too long. <laughs> I'm learning how to cook. I'm learning how to do all that stuff. I, I seldom did. He doesn't ask me to like the fact that I bought a brand new comforter and I didn't wash it correctly. And so now it's all lumpy and ugly. He doesn't like me to ask that stuff, to like that stuff. But I already see that he's doing new things in me. He's doing new things in in our church through our suffering. See, you can trust God when you understand that Satan hasn't, he's the one designing your hard times, not God. You can trust God when you understand that God is bringing good even from your hard times. And you can trust God when you understand that he's working for you, for you in your hard times. He's not against you. So how is God working for you when hard times hit? Write this down. First of all, God is protecting you. You know, we think we have enough hard times hit us, but we don't understand how many hard times God is holding back for us. If Satan had his way, he would throw the whole thing at us all at once. No holds barred. 
But God knows how much we can handle. And God loves us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. And he uses hard times to help us do that. But God knows what's too much. We may think it's too much, but God knows really what's too much. And I believe that God is holding Satan back many, many times from what he can and cannot do. He's saying no more. He knows how much we can handle. He, he sets a limit on what can hit us. He blocks so much of what Satan wants to send in our lives. God is protecting you. Next, write this down. God is also refining you. God is making you better. God is making you ready for heaven. Man is sinful. God is holy. Not, the sinful cannot live in God's holy heaven. And so he's getting us ready. He's sanctifying us. He's setting us apart. He's refining us. He's making us like gold, pure gold. Job said this in the midst of his suffering. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. So remember these truths. God knows the way that you're having to take. He knows your suffering that you're having to endure. He knows that. And God is growing you through your sufferings. And you will come out as gold. Pure and holy. God is refining you. Next, write this down. Then God is with you. Remember this. God's silence is not the same as his absence. Even though God may seem to be silent as you suffer, his presence when you suffer is never closer. Amen, church? He is in you. God is with you. God is for you. And the scripture tells us he will never, ever, ever, ever leave you or he'll never forsake you. And all of God's church said, amen. Even though he does not shield you from all of life's storms, he does provide a shelter for you to run into, amen? And he is that shelter. He is that cornerstone. He is that rock that you can stand upon that will never shift under your feet. When you suffer, you only have two choices. You can hurt with God or you can hurt without God. You can say, God, I don't like this, but I trust what you're doing in my life. You're getting me ready. You're helping me grow. Or you can say, I'm going to run from God. I don't like this. God, I don't like what you're doing to me. You can suffer with God or you can suffer without God. Two choices. In your hard times, even though it's uncomfortable, I want to challenge you today and encourage you today to trust God. Amen? Trust God who knows all, sees all, and is working for you. Trust God's plan for your life. You can trust God when you really understand that Satan is designing your hard times, not God. That God is working good to bring good from your hard times. And when you understand that he's working for you, even in your hard times, trust God. Even though it's uncomfortable, trust God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? As I close with this prayer, would you consider just praying this, repeating it in your heart? If God's been speaking to you, maybe if you've been running from God and blaming God for this or that, would you just simply pray this prayer? Father, thank you for the depth of your love for me. Today, I'm choosing to trust you. No matter what hard times hit my life. Father, I commit to trust you 
in all things and in all times. In the name of Jesus, I commit to you and to trust you on this day. Father, it thrills my heart to know that as we walk through this life, the earth and the ground that's been cursed, dealing with all the stuff that Satan is unleashing, thrills my heart to know that we're not alone, that we're walking with you, and that you're walking with us. And you will give us victory. You will give us peace and comfort and strength beyond our own directly from your hand if we'll just keep trusting and following you. Lord, today as individuals and as a, as a church body, we commit to trust you. We commit to rise up and live lives and examples of trust in you in our, in our homes and in our neighborhoods and in our schools. Lord, that we might be an impact when people look at us, they will see people who know and trust Almighty God. People who are being carried through their hard times, no matter what. And they see God working in us like never before. And they want some of what we have. Lord, we lift this to you. We lift our lives and our church to you. May you be honored and blessed and glorified in us and through us. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. We stand to honor you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Just help me praise him this morning. Will you help me do that?